Hi, this is Oliver Giorgio. I play uh, Finnick on Caverns and Comedians, which you're listening to right now. Uh, thank you all so much for your comments on Twitter and your rates and reviews on iTunes. Keep them up. Uh, if you are in Toronto ever and you want to see me perform live, uh, check out Soda School of Dramatic Acting or just look for my name, Oliver Giorgio, uh, or on my Twitter or find me on Facebook. And I've got shows on uh, at least three times a week. Come check them out. Wow, what a whore. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto comedians. Last time, the investigation into the murder of Robertica leads the party to the home of the Popper Wizards. You are in the town square of the illusory Magic Kingdom, which of course to you now seems like a Rio de Janeiro favela, and you are leaving the newly shortened but slightly repaired statue of Cameroonie as he tries to cover it up to hide his new shame. Intending to move into the forest to search after Pobis, you start heading back towards the east. When? Up in the sky. Is it a bird? Is it a... You don't have any other thing that could possibly describe what would be in the sky, so you just think, is that a bird? No, it is not a bird. It is some sort of contraption tailing blue smoke behind it, soaring through the sky from the east. It's coming towards you with a screaming noise. We may want to run! Uh, yes. Steve, onward! Is that not a friendly machine? No, no, we should hide. We should definitely hide. Run. It has the appearance of a large eagle. It looks as though it's got wings, but they're not flapping. Uh, And it is heading directly towards you in the square. Head towards the tree line. It can't fly in trees, right? That makes sense. It, it would hit its wings on things. Agata runs. <laughs> Fine. I'm fast. This thing is traveling incredibly fast. You can run. You can get out of the square, sort of into the streets around it, when it crashes into the statue and exploding in a, basically a blue mushroom cloud. As this blue mushroom cloud explodes and expands, you guys have to dive into alleys behind crates to get out of the way of the smoke, which has almost an electric charge to it, uh, Finnick and Agata are able to hit the deck and have it blow past them. But Fook and Maldar are going to get shocked for a for just a little bit because you're able to get you only get this on on your heels. It's sort of like you get dart around a corner, but it still gets you. Ow! I forgot I have a tail. I forgot to hide my tail. God damn it, Steve! Wait, where's Steve? You lost your dog? Oh, he must have hidden somewhere. As you rise back to your feet, you feel that there is the smell of ozone and sort of a a tinge in the air, like your ears are popping. Well, whatever that was, I don't think that was good. So much for saving that statue. You feel kind of heavy-duty for a prank. Well, things must have escalated. There's a wailing coming from the center of town where the thing hit. So Agata heads back into the uh, blast zone. Uh, Fook reaches out mentally for Steve. Is Steve there? Steve uh, was scared by the commotion and you're running. He is cowering in a corner. Uh, He went the opposite direction from you. Ah, okay. Stay, boy. Stay. In the center of town, 
where you had just repaired the statue is now a smoking hole. And you see the tatters robes of Cameroony strewn about. Oh. Oh, no. He's probably dead. All the windows are blown out and destroyed. And there's a sort of gathering of dazed wizards coming towards the center. Does anybody know what that was? Anybody seen that? Something like that before? Don't worry, everyone. A gnome is here. We're all fine. You might, um, you might want to just n- not call too much attention to your gnomish nature. My name is Fook and I'm a hero. Okay. Fook, mm-hmm. wrong side of town. Shh. There's a lot of murmuring going on by these wizards. They once you, once they've noticed that you're a gnome, considering this came from the direction of the tink tank, they are pointing at you as they mutter towards themselves. Um, I think there's something going on here, address, uh, addressing the crowd of wizards. I'm pretty sure that somebody is trying to, um, maybe start a war. I don't think this was the gnomes. Oh, if they want war, they're gonna get a war! I said I don't think it's them. Can it came from their direction. What do, you, what do you think this was? There's been somebody who's been masquerading as somebody else creating trouble, so m- maybe you could hold off and let us... Try and figure out what this is before you strike back. I say we get vengeance. No. Hey, what, what has happened? What, what's going on? The gnomes, obviously. They sent a bomb. Cameroonie is dead, screams this one wizard who seems to be but speaking But I can't seem to find any bits. Cameroonie was trying to help us. I think this might have been the person that we're after. Can you please just give us two days, a day, 24 hours? Uh, is it not uh, in the wizard handbook that you have to uh, have an, uh, an election, a formal election to choose the new... Leader, which will take at the very least two days. Okay. We don't need a leader, we need vengeance. Uh, can you hold off on vengeance until we maybe find the right person? Who the hell are you? I'm trying to help and trying to prevent a war. While the screaming match goes on, Maldar investigates the remains of Cameroonie. You find a meaty bit, you find a bony bit, you find a hairy bit, you find a toey bit. Oh, wait, we did find bits of him. This was not a physical explosion, it was magical. Hold on. This doesn't seem like tinking. This seems like it was part tink, part magic. Did you guys recognize the spell? There's so many wizards here. Someone must have recognized what spell that was. See, I told you. It's not not the gnomes. You shut your mouth. Well, uh, some gnomes are magical. I've got to say there's kind of a split amongst us. Uh, You want to just... We're trying to to make another case right now. No, it's just they're very good at it when they need to be. Fook gets the sense that something is not quite right in the air that... His own mojo seems to be been affected. Has someone farted? I mean, I, I just always kind of smell a little. Well, yes, we all, we're all aware of that, trust me. When I, you eat a lot of cabbage because you're poor, you tend to have consequences. There seems to be a lot of people you don't like. Can we perhaps find the one that uh, you really don't like who sent the bomb and then you can deal with him as uh, however you please? Yes, I say we should send everyone to the Tink Tank to get end no, this once and for all. They killed Cameroonie. No, they did not. Uh, can someone please try and cast a cantrip? What? A cantrip. Just cast a cantrip. Baldar casts Minor Illusion to make a little dancing version of himself appear in his hands. You see the mist of the illusion begin to form and dissipate immediately. Ooh. Somebody is not quite a wizard, is he? No, but my magic normally works. I'm very magical. I you see. want to see what a minor illusion is? The uh, the wizard you've been talking to holds out his hand and tries to create his own minor illusion, and it dissipates immediately, too. It was an EMP. 
What's an EMP? An exclusionary magical pulse. Okay. Yeah, I figured. Such things have only been theorized that this entire area is magic excluded. Bow, bow, bow. We don't like you very much. much. That's silly. That's very silly, Finnick. Who do you think would like to do that other than the gnomes? Because <laughs> it's not the gnomes. Wait, 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 wait. So none of you can cast magic in your own homes? <laughs> yeah. Folk, you're not yeah. helping. I'm sorry. Does yeah. any, do we still have the tiny stocks? No, we, we turned the tiny stocks into firewood. It was a cold night. Don't say that in front of the people. Just say we don't have the tiny stocks. Can we get out of here? I feel like we already know who sent it. It's Pobus. Well, we know that, but these people don't know that. Well, we don't need to let them know. We can take care of it ourselves. Yes, but at the moment, they'll think it's the gnome. We're they can't to do pre- anything. They're magicless. Well, but they can't do anything here. Speaking of... Uh, behind you all, as you're having this little huddle, uh, the wizards are picking up... Any bits of rubble that, say, like a plank of wood, uh, big rocks, they're picking up any kind of improvised weapons they can find. Oh, that's just adorable. They think they can melee. They aren't really looking at you anymore. They're now following that one wizard that you've been speaking to, and there's about 40 of them now. Wait, don't start the war. There's going to be lots of deaths, please. We know somebody is up. We know the man who is, who is responsible. We can help. We can find him. We can stop him, and we can bring him to you if that's what it takes. She's right. There will be many deaths, many tiny deaths. It will take two of their deaths to equal one of our deaths, and we'll throw them into tiny little pits. Wait just a second. Uh, you people don't possibly have your magic, and the gnomes still have all of their abilities and all their technology. You're going to get your asses handed to you if you don't give us the opportunity to try out our theory. Well, we're gambling on the idea that the extent of the shockwave marks the extent of the dispel magic zone. You're intelligent men, so gambling doesn't seem wise. Well, right now's our time to gamble. Right now's our time for blood and pride. Look, I have these nice pieces of your uh, former leader. Why don't we just do some arts and crafts and make you feel better? Are you with me, boys? Get him! Get him! Yeah, we're gonna get him! We're gonna stick him! We're gonna stick him! Where are the women? There are no women. I am a woman. Oh, oh, my mistake. That was very offensive. It's very hard to tell with humans. The leader is now leading the mob of popper wizards towards the east. Looks like we have a ticking clock. Yeah, I think I think we have to sort this out on our own and hope we get there fast enough. To the woods. Fook mounts up on his dashend Steve. Seriously. Well, he's faster than my legs are. Oh. As you guys move back towards the east where that crossroads is, you're going to have to sort of keep off the main road because it's currently choked with wizards. But as you get to that crossroads, there is also a mob of gnomes coming from the other direction. My people. Hello. I'm Fook Wimbles. I'm a hero. Oh, guys, I was told not to let people die near me. I think I have to go away. I think I have to go away because these people are totally going to die. Yeah, I've gone to the them. woods. Let's find some povus. We've come for revenge for the death of Roberta. Uno momento, por favor. See? I, I, you all know me, gnomes, and I have to tell you that these wizards are not responsible for that death. We have been harassed constantly and they've escalated. Look at them, they're coming to kill us. They're coming because uh, someone tried to blow them up. But I'm saying that that was not you, gnomes. You're both being tricked. We would never blow them up. Exactly. We'd go into the houses and kill them as they slept. Exactly. 
This is why there's someone else involved. Please, come with me through this crossroads, and I will show you the culprit. Fook, we have heard many of your stories told to us by Robertica herself. We trust you, but to an extent. Could you write down some of those stories for me? Just maybe later. But listen to me. I'm short like you, gnomes. However, I'm not a gnome like you, wizards. So I'm a good middle ground for everyone. Now, we know who did this, and he lives in these woods. If you will all just follow us to destroy this man, it'll be a very easy task. Yes, let us kill Tim the Lumberjack. No, 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 Pobus, Pobus. Not Tim. Well, maybe Tim if he's an asshole. I don't know him, though. Yes, why does he live alone in a forest? That's suspicious. Lumberjack, we will not join you. He's right. He's right. We could come and use your help to vanquish the man responsible for Robertica's death, that gruesome, horrible death. To pubis! And Fook rides off triumphantly with his battle axe above his head. The wizards will wait. We will stand here, but we shall not give any ground. And the gnomes seemed like they were waiting for Fook to, uh, to stay there with them. They're kind of looking around... Awkwardly, as you just walk, as you start very slowly on your Dachshund right away. Fook turns around and comes back a couple of steps and says, I, I meant you should follow me, people. Uh, just this way. They'll destroy our town if we don't stand here. All right, wait here. The dance battle shall begin. Oh, do I have to miss this? Throw down the cardboard. <laughs> and you suddenly, because they've decided not to violently fight yet, because they've sort of been slightly swayed, they begin the customary pre-battle dance battle. And you see one popper wizard is now spinning on his head while a gnome does a very short worm. They can't keep this up for much longer. <laughs> they're old wizards. Let's go. Yes, they're in terrible shape. Right, so to the north then, through the forested path that leads off from this crossroads. It isn't fall, but there's a chill in the air the this part of the path isn't that uh well trod so it's a bit rougher it's a bit closer the bracken is a bit thicker under your foot as you get further and further north and you hear increasingly less sounds of birds and rustling of squirrels be very careful this is getting ominous Really, I hadn't noticed by the fact that everything is dead around us. Well, you're young. It's to be forgiven that you don't notice these things. That was sarcasm, Fook. Sarcasm. Oh, I didn't notice. Oh, if there was a bird, I could ask it for help. Finnick is uh, running from branch to branch like a squirrel, keeping an eye out for uh, for danger. All right. Uh, as you go from branch to branch, you know that there. you don't see any insects. You don't see any squirrels or small woodland creatures except you think for a second you see an owl who are you who my name is fook wimbles who, who are you talking to Panic? ah oh, there's an owl up here i think I this is my mount steve mm. hold on i want to talk to the owl of course you do because that went so well with the spiders owls are not spiders anyway okay so just let me give this a shot. Mulder activates his beast speak and speaks to the owl. Owl, have you seen anything suspicious nearby? What's the password? Uh... Do you expect me to speak it in, in, in normal or owl? The owl flies away. Oh, what did you say S to it? Speak what? 
It wanted a password. He charmed it. What did you expect the owl to do? Ooh, last time guest worked. Uh, too late. It flew away. <laughs> <sighs> I think it wasn't a real owl. Uh, the owl has flown further towards the north. Most owls don't ask for passwords. I think... There was nothing odd about that owl. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to a point where the bracken is so so close that you can't see further in front of you. And if you want to go any further, you're going to have to hack away. Uh, which, considering it's not going to fight back at you, you hack through these hedges almost. It's really annoying to have to hack through for you tall people. And suddenly you see a clearing in front of you. Very dark clearing with no growth on the ground, just bare dirt. Finnick goes to jump from branch to branch, and there is no branch, so he just falls on the ground. In the center of this clearing is a large building, square. Oh, I'm sure this is going to turn out great for us. It looks as though it is constructed of timber. There are no windows except for what would be the top floor, which is about four or five stories up. And there is just a large door in the center of one wall. I I was going to say maybe we should circle the building and come in from different sides, but if there's only one door, I think we're kind of bottlenecked on what strategic advances we can make. Not quite. Finnick, can you reach those upper windows and have a look-see? Yep. Finnick slips on his slippers of spider climbing. Sharkan starts walking up the side of the building. I like that he's half spider, except for the egg sacs. Those aren't egg sacs. I... Uh, you know what? Never mind. Did we just learn that Finnick is wearing a tunic with no pants? <laughs> they just leave a bulge, I guess. They don't carry egg sacs around with them. They leave them places. <laughs> I love that you said that. Like, everybody should Everyone know Everyone should know that. Spiders. All right, Finnick, when you get near the, one of the windows on the fifth floor, suddenly it swings open. When the window opens, Finnick darts to the side uh, so that nothing could drop directly onto him. Out of this window pops a kindly gnome. Oh, hello, everyone. Welcome to my warehouse. Perhaps you might want to come inside and we can discuss many things. Yes, like how you get uh, your goods to and from this warehouse. I didn't see a road. Uh, but yes, if you could let us in, uh, that would be fantastic. I will just have to ask you to go down to the door. Uh, would you happen to be the Pobis we have heard so much about? Oh, I am the Pobis. And do you have a donkey? Many people have donkeys, including a Pobis. Uh, if you could just, just look look me straight in the eye for just one, one quick sec. Maldor activates his detect magic. As soon as Maldar tries to cast his detect magic... You see a blue shockwave rise up from the ground, very similar to the EMP you experienced in the center of town. This rises up a hundred feet into the air, to the edge of this clearing. Finnick finds that his slippers of spider climbing has lost their stickiness. Oh, no. He lands, he lands well, uh, like a cat, but even at that height, it's still going to do a little bit of damage to your ankles. Oh, my knees, my ankles. Once again, Maldar is unable to resist the electrifying effect of the EMP. Eh, my magic's not working. It's, uh, Mine I'm, is. Steve's still here. I'm all fizzled out. Perhaps you should all come inside. Guys, it's a, 
he just trapped us. He's totally, he did it as soon as I did detect magic. He's definitely an illusion or something. Yeah, but we definitely want to go inside anyway, so. Yes, just don't cast any magic. We got to take this one like James Bond. Just walk into the trap. Who? 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 Uh, you do hear what sounds like a locking mechanism moving and shifting on the door to this building. And Pobis pops back inside, closing his window. Yeah, I definitely feel this is going to go very bad for us. Oh, it's definitely a trap. So uh, let's come up with a plan before we go in. What, you mean all going into the trap wasn't the plan? All my plans always involve my magic. I am out of plans other than stab, stab, everything in front of me. Well, I think one of us is good at sneaking and should disappear as quickly as he can as soon as we get in that door. Yeah, but my ankles hurt. I don't care. All right. Suck it up. We need you. Other than that, you and I, our magic doesn't seem to be affected as much as uh, a nerd's magic does. So we need to be on the ready. We all use magic. We're all equally nerds. It's And Steve, don't poop inside. I have never used magic. I have a feeling that all magic is going to be affected. I Steve survived twice. Yes, but I think that's because Steve is just special at this point. I'm relying more on my sword than I am on my magic at this point, seeing how Moldar went. Oh, so out of the ordinary for you. Wow, you're not bitter at all without your magic, are you? i just used to being able to cast things. Yes, well, develop other skills. People, if he's made tea or something for us, it's going to go cold if we wait much longer. He probably didn't make tea unless it's poison tea. Don't drink any of his tea. You don't know that. He pops back out of the window. Yes, there is tea. And scones. Yes, I'm not eating any of that. Oh, but I baked them all morning. I don't like the way he pronounces scone. Fook runs in. Yes. So Fook's first. You don't like a lot of things, do you, Maldar? Agatha follows Fook. Agatha is second. Uh, Finnick goes behind Agatha so that uh, he can't be seen and uh, and sneaks into the first shadow that he can find. Maldar sulks in last with his spear pointed forward and clutched close to himself. Not forward. I'm in front of you. As soon as Maldar crosses the threshold, the door slams shut behind him and you are in complete darkness. Yes, this is going to go very well. So, inside, you saw a lot... From the outside, this seemed like a very large building. It was five stories high. On the inside, it's in complete darkness. But Fook and Maldar can sort of make out what's going on inside, which is surprisingly nothing. You see a cavernous, empty space. It has to be four stories high, the room you're in takes up what would have to be the entirety of the building the floors are bare the walls are bare and the ceiling seems as though there's scaffolding up there as though there was construction work going on but all the scaffolding that led up to it would have been uh, dismantled warehouse this is more like a what house am i right up high I can't see you, Fook. I can't up high. I'm busy clutching my spear. Show yourself. Give me something to stab. Finnick pulls out a candle and lights it with his tinderbox and hands it to Agatha. Oh, thank you. Agatha can now see about five feet in front of her. You're dripping wax on me. Uh, You guys can see in the dark, right? Uh, Which way? Which way do we go? I mean, it's all empty. I'm keeping my back to the wall. Maldar puts his back to the wall and just sort of shimmies into the room. In a defensive position. Yes. Maldar, you go right. Finnick, you go left. I'm guessing there's no scones. 
I don't smell them. I don't like the way you pronounce scone either. <laughs> scone. 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 Hey, uh, do any of you see a piece of furniture that I could hide behind, perhaps? And uh, no, it's, it's pretty blank, pretty sparsely decorated. I might have something in the bag. You mean the room is empty, completely empty? A couple scaffolds, that's it. Okay, so how do we get to the second level? Well, scaffolds. Great, where do we go? You, we can climb the scaffolds. How low are they? Where are they? Why would we want... There's nothing up there. It's just empty space everywhere. Well, then why don't we leave? Well, he was there on was, the fifth floor. There was someone upstairs. Are we trapped in here? Can someone try the door? Well, you guys can see the door, so maybe you can try it. Maldar tries the door. Tries and fails. Maldar is not surprised by that. <laughs> yeah, we're trapped in here. And normally when a, when a door magically slams behind you, it, it's, probably, it's probably locked. Yes, but it was worth a shot. Eh. Fook is moving towards the scaffolding. The scaffolding, it seems like the, as I'm just going to repeat this, it's up four stories up. Uh, it's as though everything that leads up to it seems to have been torn down. You, There are a lot of like loose nails in the wall. There's a lot of, you can tell that things were ripped out of this. Why, why would he rip up his own house unless, do you think he was trying to store something big that he couldn't fit in any of his old storage spots? Well, he, he made a trap. He's trapped us. Well, I mean, but why a big empty trap? Why not a bunch of, like, cages or pointy sticks? Well, I, I, I hate to be bossy, but um, I want to be. Uh, Finnick, could you climb? Go up to with the scaffolding that's still there? Uh, well, I can't really see it. it. Well, we could put this candle on top of your helmet. That's just his hair. <laughs> I have a ball cut, so what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. It's just a terrible hairstyle. Uh, does someone have a hat in their bag or something that can go on his head that we could attach a candle to? I have a hat. I gotta pulls out a, a simple toque <laughs> to keep warm. Here we go. Fook uses his tinkering skill to create uh, some sort of attachment for this candle to go on top of the hat. You've got a. You've got a. <laughs> The world's worst mining helmet. <laughs> <laughs> this is so cool. Just hope I don't get hot wax on me. Uh, oh, well, there are some good reasons for that to happen. So, All right. <laughs> if you're at this place where the stairs used to be, there are, like, these nails are almost like climbing pipe. Well, now that I can see them, I'm halfway up the wall. Uh, so Finnick is able to climb up to about halfway to the end. There's no more nails keep going on you think that probably this is where the original scaffolding would have turned towards the center of the room but because you're a very perceptive person you see a piece of string on the wall that seems to lead upwards with a nice little o-ring just about finger size oh perfect <laughs> get to climb up with my fingers now no, it's a string it's string not rope yeah that's what i was thinking um that's what it I think that activates something. What are you guys talking about? Oh God, I still can't see a thing. He's fingering something. Finnick has jumped from the nail onto the string to try to hold onto it. And it pulls. I got it, guys. As you said, you have jumped from that. This is not really a load-bearing string. Um, you fall down, but you're able to like sort of slow your descent by grabbing onto a nail, and you or you're, you can just sort of let yourself down easily. Hotcha! And you start to hear some rumblings up in the scaffolding that is what would be the fourth floor. There's a lot of dust that starts to fall down. 
Uh, there is sounds of movement, and it looks as though it's starting to collapse upon you into the center of the room. Looks as though, but it is really unfurling itself, and you see almost a structure beginning to form. These bits of scaffolding fall down like as though they would have been the staircase that is going. Uh, these are flat planks about five feet wide. 25 feet long, and these ladders seem to drop down. For our listeners at home, go look up a picture of Donkey Kong, <laughs> for that is exactly what they are dealing with now. For lawyers in charge of uh, the Donkey Kong game, please contact us at Cavern Spot on Twitter. For the re-release of this, following the cease and desist order, um, <laughs> you see a connected series of scaffolds, almost as though they were girders at a building, uh, and... You know that this is a Mule King situation, right? Right? We all know what we're talking about here. Oh, it looks like barrels could go down here pretty easily. You would be correct. Uh, interestingly... Can I gotta see any of this? Is This is an Oddly, old... yes, because now this place is lit up. Oh. There are spotlights all directly showing in the center of this room. And at the top, you see what appears to be a donkey with an orange tail. On can, can you imagine how advanced the society would be if the people who had resources to build things weren't complete idiots? Speaking yeah, of which, Finnick takes off his hat and blows out the candle. <laughs> <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> so at the top of this, there is a sort of five by five platform on which this donkey is standing. And it's not doing anything, but you do see what seems like a large supply of barrels. Oh, this is going to be great. Hey, why don't you use your beast speak? All my magic is not working. That is why I am terrified of everything that is happening. I was being sarcastic. This is obviously isn't a donkey. I'm going to chime in that with his perceptive skills, Finnick does not smell any ozone. I have a feeling this particular challenge... He's best suited for Finnick. I don't know why I keep giving wait duties a second, to wait him a second. today. It, the smell that came up when the whole thing came up, that's it, no longer around, so I think our magic might work now. Well, still, if if those barrels start coming down, I think you're still the most best person to be going over them. Thank you. I've always wanted to be the most best. <laughs> uh, maybe it might be wiser for us to just go out the front door again. It seems to be magically sealed, but we have a music box of opening. Well, try singing your favorite song. Back streets, back. All right. Wait, what? Do, do, we, we just got in here. We've gotten. Why do we want to leave? Because it's a trap. Well, yeah, but then we'll get the guy yeah. who killed everyone. Yes, but we also might die. What if the you... war? The war that's going to happen. Oh, right. Wait, wait, wait. What if you open the door? I throw a fireball at the donkey, and we <laughs> run. You can't solve everything with a fireball. I can try. I guess so. I, I wouldn't mind having an escape route. So just so you know, in order to play this out in terms of real time, uh, you would have to sing the entirety of that song. It would take you three minutes to get this door open. Yes, while everyone else looks at the platforms and the donkey, Fook is going to continue singing Backstreet's Back to the front door in the music box. Am I sexual? <laughs> yeah! As soon as he begins the intro to that song... And as soon as the music box starts to turn, the donkey begins to shed its form. And you see 
a gigantic slathering beast. It looks as though it is almost a gigantic orange primate with the biggest, widest, heaviest fists he's ever seen. So, so I don't really want to go up there alone. Agata musters her strength and throws a fireball up into the air into, in an arc that explodes right above the beast's head. It manages to get down flush with the, flush with the platform that it's on. It's sort of protected a bit by one of the barrels. And your fire doesn't seem to affect it. As, it doesn't seem to burn in the way you would expect a fireball to burn something. It doesn't seem like you really hurt it that badly. So since none of you have moved towards it, and this Balgara seems happy up where it is, it picks up one of its barrels, and while it would rather be rolling it at one of you, he's said going to throw it at one of you. Because Agato is the one who dared attack it. It's going to throw a barrel at you. This barrel comes down from a great height, and all you can really do is look at it as it comes closer and closer and hits you square in the head, staggering her. It doesn't break like you would expect the barrel to break. So that is going to stagger you even a bit more. Large animal picks up another barrel and holds it above its head. Fook sighs and abandons his werewolf dance number. And barrels, pun intended, up the ramp towards the creature. Towards, you're right at the first ladder going up. This platform that it's standing on is almost set up so that it's difficult to see him from anywhere in the room. It's to give him a bit of an advantage so that you can't just... He wants you to come up to him rather than you standing there down there. You could climb the walls, though, instead of t- playing his game. Finnick puts on his slippers of spider climbing, walks up the wall to the ceiling, pulls out his short bow, and fires at the monster's head. Because of the stack of barrels that this monster is behind, uh, you would have had to have shot it right at his head, but it's going to just plonk off the top of one of the barrels and ricochet away. Maldar can feel that his magic has come back to him, and he gets really excited. Oh, guys, I've been waiting to cast a spell for a really long time. This is going to be awesome. He reaches out in front of him as though tearing a hole in space and casts Hunger of Hagar. It opens a 20-foot sphere with the darkness of blackness of deep space. And from that void, uh, scary whispers come out. And the sound of tentacles lashing against the primate can be heard. You might want to put a book in front of that. You got too excited. I, you, <laughs> I just I just really wanted to try out this spell. This is something you can cast at level five. You can tear yeah. into the fabric of reality. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the center of this platform is now a swirling void from the outside. And on the inside, there's only darkness and terror and squelching, slurping noises of things that move in the dark. Maldar, can I say what the fuck? All I need to cast it is one pickled tentacle. <laughs> Gross. Sick. Pretty normal, really. Even the monster thinks it's typical of Maldard. <laughs> he doesn't know you very well, but he just gets that sense. He's very perceptive. I got a uh, summons her magic and creates a flaming uh, sphere of fire right in the center of the platform. And even though no light emanates from it, she knows that the creature is being damaged by this fire. You see nothing. 
but darkness. No light escapes. Fook Wimbles runs up the ramp until he's at least ten feet off the ground, then leaps off the side of the ramp, disappears into a silvery mist, reappears at the top of the structure just outside of the zone of horror, and he's going to wait and attack anything that comes out of it. Finnick runs over to above where Fook is, uh, just outside of the sphere of death and coldness, and uh, holds his short bow uh, for when he sees the beast. Maldar runs up the ramps, taking the easiest route to climb, knowing that he's not a great climber, and tries to join his friends at the top of the structure. We're all tense at the top, and there you are. <laughs> ladder, ladder. You're right at the, basically, you've made it up the first ladder. <laughs> Everybody, the other two are right at the top. You're right like, at the bottom. Agata has not got on, gotten on the ramps yet. I'm coming, guys. I'll be there eventually. Uh, Agata dashes up the structure following Maldar. All right, so you guys are together at the second ladder moving up. Do we have to be together? We're not together together. It's fine. <laughs> it's not directly emo- behind you. <laughs> you're you're, up at the you're geographically together, but emotionally distant. <laughs> <laughs> By season three, those two will get married. So you two are staring at the abyss. It can't see us. I'm Waiting on the ceiling. for something to come out of the abyss and attack you. Right? That's what you're doing. You're like staring at the abyss, waiting for something to attack you. Mm-hmm. Or for a abyss. barrel to come after us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You would be waiting for some barrel to come at you from the abyss. Uh, this large thing is going to now release its invisibility spell. <laughs> and he is going to attack Fook from directly behind him. What? How did it get out of there so quickly? It can move, and it was invisible. Fook's held action is released, and he swings against the creature that has appeared behind him, missing by because he's thrown off guard by this thing being behind him. The second attack, though, actually hits, uh, slicing some fur off of its arm and uh, just doing a, a minor wound. Uh, Finnick, surprised at where the monster appeared, turns around and loses his short bow, and completely misses. Yeah, the arrow bounces harmlessly at the wall behind it. This large ape-like creature has appeared behind Fook. It slashes down with its saber-toothed teeth into his shoulder, and then punches him with its gigantic blunt fists like clubs, first with a left hook that, because of the uh, force of the bite, has moved Fook's head away, but the second one connects solidly on the side of his skull. The the large thing after punching Fook, this is one of the most acrobatic things you've ever seen. This thing is known for jumping. You imagine what this thing could do in a forest from tree to tree as it jumps out, reaches on to as though it was naturally grabbing a branch. So it's jumped down several tiers, reaches onto the side of a platform, pulls itself up directly beside Maldar and Agata. Maybe his fingers wobble just a little and just have a moment. Is he going to fall? No, he's not going to fall. <laughs> <laughs> the ape thing goes, Fook, are you okay? Curious, George just got a little too curious. Finnick puts on his uh, toque with the candle on top. This toque is yellow. He is now the man with the yellow hat. Fook swears, thinks about his poor knees and dashes back down the ramp. Finnick, uh, seeing the giant creature uh, do this fantastic feat. I was like, I could do that. 
And he <laughs> jumps down, grabs onto the side of the platform uh, directly above him, and uh, swings as if to hang on to the creature's back. Like a piggyback. The creature does not like this. It is able to grab you by the wrists and throw you to the ground in front of it. By the wrists? Because I'm on its creep. back. Well, it just reaches up. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah, a lot of sense. And throws you down in front of it. Yes. Flips you over. This thing reaches. As you reach to grab it from the back, it grabs your wrists, pulls you up, throws you over its head onto the ground in front of it. Ah! Mulder sees the monkey that has fallen behind him. I found that sneaky monkey. Cox bull. <laughs> <laughs> That's on brand. That's on brand. Okay, sure. <laughs> Mulder cocks both arms with Eldritch Blast and blasts them over Gata's head into the monkey's face. This thing is actually hurt by this. This is the first time you think something's really hurt it. It shudders under the force of your blast. Fear me. It no longer shudders when it hears you say that. Surprised by the creature suddenly landing behind her and Finnick's maddening jump and fall, Agata reflexively throws Guiding Bolt at this creature and hits it. Why is it reflexively again? Because that's because she is an instinctive fighter. She's an instinctive fighter. She reflexively throws guiding bolts. <laughs> Never yeah. throwing her a surprise party. <laughs> Speaking of surprises, this thing is once again surprised that your previously puny and ineffective attacks are now hurting it. This creature, angered, cornered, but still powerful, sees the tiny little halfling on the ground oh hey i've got i've got the yellow hat um it has heard this so many times <laughs> uh, it, it hates yellow hats with a fury that you cannot imagine and it bites down and those long saber teeth pierce deep in and hold you and pin you there as it smashes into your chest twice with its giant fists i'm a tiny man you say, as you fall unconscious. The large creature turns onto Agata and pounds its fists on its chest and screams. A melodic scream. So far, this has not been a barrel of fun. I think I found Phoenix's kidney. This has been Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Starring Oliver Giorgio as Finnick the Rogue, Joanna Houghton as Agatha the Cleric, Maddox Campbell as Maldar the Warlock, Scott Thrower as Fook the Paladin, and Kyle Scott as the Dungeon Master. Audio recording by Andrea Miller, theme by Derek Baldwin, edited by Maddox Campbell, created by Kyle Scott and Maddox Campbell. Opening and credits read by Ralph McLeod. Caverns and Comedians is a Kicks and Giggles production. More information can be found at kicksandgigglesentertainment.com slash cavernsandcomedians or on iTunes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and review it. Your support will help us make more episodes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>